hrgrapevine.com. It is the HR Grapevine Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Eric Niewerowski. Excited to be here with you all again. Thanks for listening in. And this week, special edition of the podcast. In partnership with ePloy, we are going to unpack their latest report. And to do that, I'm going to get some insight from Bruce Groves, Marketing Director at ePloy Recruitment Software. So, this is the sixth annual UK candidate attraction report produced by ePloy Recruitment Software, along with help from us. And it is a very insightful 80 plus page report highlighting everything HR teams need to know about candidate attraction in 2022. So we're going to unpack just parts of the report. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Bruce. So Bruce, let's just get right into the report then. Now the report highlights that part of the candidate scarcity happening right now also includes a skill shortage. So what are some of the strategies that can be used to address this? Yes, so um, for the six years that we've been running the UK Candidate Attraction Survey and producing the report, candidate scarcity has been the number one challenge. So there was a slight dip in 2020 when COVID hit, um, but certainly from the data for 2021, scarcity is the biggest issue, a general feeling that there's just not enough candidates in the market. And we see this across all industries and all company sizes. So in the latest survey, we wanted to find out what companies are doing to address the skill shortage. And what we found is that around three quarters of all companies are focusing on upskilling their current employees. So they're giving them the opportunity to learn new skills through things like ongoing training, mentoring, uh, peer coaching, and so on. Um, and of course, upskilling also has the added benefit of improving your staff retention. And the last thing any recruitment team wants during a skill shortage is increased staff turnover. That's only going to exacerbate the problem. Mm -hmm. So another strategy for addressing the skill shortage which around half of the organizations we surveyed are doing is turning to candidates from other industries and from other sectors. So um, whereas in the past you'd see job adverts where you'd see prerequisites of must have experience of the whatever industry it is you're working in. So now TA professionals, they're looking to recruit from outside their niche. And I think that's one area where the UK Candidate Attraction Report can be particularly useful. And that's because we get all the survey respondents to rate each of their main candidate sourcing channels. So things like job boards and job aggregators, their talent pool, employee referrals programs, their careers website, events, and so on. And we get them to rate them for the quantity and quality of candidates that each delivers. Mm -hmm. And what we see is some significant differences in the performance of these channels between different industry sectors. So if you are looking to recruit from outside your industry, it's really important to know which channels perform best in the other industries where you may want to target candidates. So in the survey, we look at groups of related industries. We look at, I think, around 18 in total. We break down the challenges and the candidate sourcing channel performance for each of them. So you can benchmark your own candidate sourcing performance with not only your industry peers, so people working, you know, other com your competitors within your industry, 
but also you can look at the performance of those industries where you feel you might be able to recruit candidates from. Great. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to talk about the job posting itself now. There's a lot of back and forth on the idea of posting salary ranges within the job post. And I know the report addresses this. So I guess my question for you is, does it pay to post the salaries? Yeah, that's um, that's a really interesting one. So around one in five of our respondents um, stated that not being allowed to advertise their salaries was really holding them back, really holding their candidate attraction back. And we wanted to find out whether this actually has an impact on the performance of their candidate sourcing channels. And when we analyze the channel performance for those organizations, what we find consistently is that for every channel, not advertising salaries reduces not only the quantity of candidates who will apply, but also the overall quality or appropriateness of the candidates that actually do apply. Mm-hmm. Now, I think some channels seem to be affected more, things like job boards, job aggregators, and so on, which kind of makes sense since, um, you know, if you're a candidate viewing jobs on a job board, you're more likely to apply for a role where you think that stated salary is more in line with your expectations um, rather than a job where, you know, there's no specific salary uh, or no salary range and perhaps something vague like, salary negotiable or dependent on experience, you know, those kinds of things. Um, So, yeah, I think in general, the report does seem to suggest that advertising salaries should improve the number of candidates that apply, as well as improve the quality of those candidates. Great. Thanks for uh, adding some context to sort of my personal experience and, you know, through my own job search, right? Like definitely more apt to apply for jobs where I see a salary range. Cause I also, from the candidate side, I don't really want to waste my time in being underpaid or overqualified. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely hits the nail on the head. So let's continue then on this candidate journey. Shall we say I found the job post I'm interested now I'm on the job site. So when it comes to content on the job sites, it seems that a lot of companies are missing the market bit. Is it safe to assume then that just posting the job isn't enough? And if that's the case, what type of content attracts the candidates? Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a really good one. So for the last, I think for the last three years of the report, I mean, we've been running for, running it for six years, but in the last three years, we added in um, questions around the content that you have on your career site. Because we know that companies have been investing huge sums in their employer brand. They're competing with their peers in a candidate-led market, super competitive Right now, candidates have got the buying power, which means that making that decision between one company and another as their next employer, it's going to be based on many factors. And and I think that's why we're seeing career sites that aren't just talking about the company, you know, Mm -hmm. its history, its values, its management team, all that standard corporate stuff. But instead, what we're seeing is more candidate-centric content. So in marketing terms, we might think of our you know, marketing and sales funnel. So at the top of the funnel is where you're generating awareness, what jobs you have available, some information around your company, perhaps some more candidate-centric content, mm-hmm. like what it's like to work here. And this is where the candidate's becoming aware of you uh, as a company and as a potential employer and what jobs you have to offer. 
I think then as they move down the funnel, you get into the interest phase. And this is where the candidate potentially starts to express some initial interest. Maybe they've signed up for job alerts, checked you out on Glassdoor, Mm -hmm. uh, started to follow your social channels and so on. And next they'll move, or at least some of them will move into uh, the consideration stage where this is where candidate-centric content really starts to come into its own. So things like how your recruitment process works. So you've been very clear and transparent up front the career pathways that you can offer, your ED&I policies and programs. And this can be kind of make or break content as to whether they actually move to the next stage and actually apply. So by that point, obviously, online applications, the ability for them to manage their application through your career site is critical. Right. Um, But I think when we look at career sites and when we do the analysis of all the content they have on them, Um, I think at this point, this is where many career sites kind of stop in terms of the content that they're providing to candidates. But what we found from the data is the really successful ones continue to provide content as the candidate moves through your hiring process. So Mm -hmm. things like um, hints and tips for interviews, what to expect, FAQs and so on. So it's not just that attraction piece, it's also providing that valuable content throughout the journey. And right down to sort of the bottom of the funnel where you're converting your candidates, uh, the the successful candidates into new employees, how are you managing your offers and onboarding process? So the ability to provide that information via your career site, to have online offers and contracts with electronic signatures, things like that. These can all improve your conversion rate. So I think in summary, really, candidate-centric content it is exactly that. It's, it's content for the candidate uh, to support them throughout the recruitment journey. It's not just you as an employer mm-hmm. shouting about how great you are, which is what you see on you know, many career sites. Um, and uh, what the data shows uh, on the most successful career sites, when we just started analyzing the, the performance of the career site of the most successful ones, and then look what content they've got, what we find is they're, they're four times more likely to have career pathway information. So showing the candidate, yes, this is a job today, but these are the pathways that this particular role can take you on. They're three times more likely to have employee stories on there. Mm-hmm. And three times more likely to have how your recruitment process works, what learning and development you offer, interview hints and tips and so on. So I think, yeah, the, the, the clear connecting feature of these content types is they're designed to be valuable, useful for the candidate throughout the entire evaluation process from first enticing them to apply for your roles all the way through to onboarding them into your company. We've seen a big increase, which is great, in the last 12 months in the number of candidate uh, career sites sorry, um, that have this candidate-centric content, things like mm-hmm. career pathways now, uh, 46%, up from 25% in 2020, interview hints and tips now, just under a third of career sites have that. So, you know, clearly wow. there's still some way to go, um, but it does appear that if you want a, a what we'd call a peak performing career site, you really need to invest in more candidate-centric content. That's fascinating. It, it just, it kind of seems almost like the same process I would go through, say, like buying a book. Yes. Right? And I think that's a fascinating way to look at it. HR, you know, with the sort of marketing lens, and also I'm glad you pointed out the employer brand, because that's something we cover 
a lot on hrgreatfight.com is you know, really emphasizing the employer brand early in the recruitment phase. So that was an excellent explanation on that. So I just want to kind of wrap it up then, if I may, about the report. So what does the report tell us about the level of hiring and recruitment marketing budget of in-house recruitment teams for the next 12 months? Yeah, so pretty much across the board, all industries are telling us they're expecting higher levels of hiring in 2022 over Mm -hmm. the last year. Um, So I think 73% are saying more, 23% saying that, uh, you know, we're going to be hiring at the same level as last year, with just 4% expecting less. So pretty clear, you know, if it was competitive last year, it's going to be even more competitive this year. And I think from from a budget perspective, and this is where it gets kind of interesting, really, since I think less than half are around 47% have got more budget to play with this year when it comes to their recruitment marketing and candidate attraction. Mm-hmm. 42% have the same budget and 10% have actually got a decreased budget. So mm-hmm. I think in many cases, recruitment teams are being asked to do more with less, um, which means it's absolutely vital um, that they can maximize the return on their recruitment marketing investment. Um, and hopefully that's why, you know, the recruitment, report itself uh, can be so valuable since it can help you identify the channels that you might be underutilizing that your peers are succeeding with or whether um, other companies outside of your industry where you might be able to target candidates what channels are working well for them Um, but also as well as the industry breakdown we we provide a breakdown by company size which can be really useful Um, you know, we look at it in sort of four size bands of companies. So mm-hmm. um, companies up to uh, 250 employees and then so on up to the largest companies with over 5,000 employees. So you can compare yourself against similar companies with other industries, but of a similar size to you, because we do right. see some significant differences based on um, the size of the company and how well their sourcing channels um, perform. Great. Really fascinating stuff there in the report, Bruce. Thank you so much for uh, sharing some of those insights with us today. No, that's been absolutely my pleasure. Um, If anybody would like to download a copy of the report, it's provided um, completely free of charge. It's 80 pages long. It has so many charts and uh, graphics for you to evaluate and benchmark your own performance. And you can download it from eploy.co.uk slash CA21. Once again, I'd just like to thank Bruce Groves, Marketing Director at Eploy Recruitment Software for helping me break down just some of the insights in their sixth annual UK candidate attraction report. As Bruce said, it is a extremely informative and detailed report that you can download for free at eploy.co.uk slash CA21. Make sure you download that report because it will certainly help your HR team get some insights on how to really get the best candidates in 2022 because as Bruce said, the advantage is with the job seeker. Thanks again to Bruce for joining us and thank you all for listening and we will talk next week.